Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. Good morning. Such an honor to have you here at Graceland Church. What a joy. We have much to celebrate today, and I want to start by letting you know that last night, I don't know the time, but we gained a new Graceland Church member as Eric and Asia Black had their little baby boy. I'm pulling it up on my phone as if I'm going to show you a picture. So it's not going to be on screen yet, but they haven't named the baby boy yet. So we're just going to call him Nathan for now. Um, We pray for little Nathan. (laughs) We're... we're We're so excited for them. They have a little girl that is around eight and then a little boy. So this is their third. And so we're celebrating. Here, we often call them Eric and Asia Black because no one can pronounce or spell their last name, which is Blumenhorst. So you might know them as Eric and Asia Black. Keep them in prayer. I also want to give you a quick little highlight, and it's worth celebrating again. We brought home everyone that came to Mexico with us, came home with us. That's a good thing. We do have some injuries, no serious injuries. We had 26 people go on this trip between ages 11 and 75, hiking around Mexico together for seven days. Let me show you a few pictures and give you a couple updates. So here's the team that went. Uh, The bottom one was the first day we arrived, and I I think that was our first bus ride out. It's kind of cool. My little brother and his oldest son, my nephew, got to come. If you look at the back of the bus to the left there, that's... That's my little brother, Josh, and his nephew there to my right. And he pastors a church uh, up in Pennsylvania, and they're going to hopefully partner in this same area. Um, Let's go to the next slide. This was the first church service on Sunday that we went to, and this is a church that the organization we're partnering with, which is called Dream Center International, and it's in a city called Tizamin, Mexico. It's a few hours outside of Cancun. The area is called the Mayan Yucatan, and they've been planting churches there for about 30 years. So they planted this a number of years ago, and we got to go and run the morning service. Um, I played guitar and sang. My brother played cajon, and he does not play cajon, and we gave it a go. That's one of those boxes that you sit on to play. And they sang in Spanish. We sang in English. We shared some testimonies. Uh, Stephen Houlet shared his testimony about freedom in Christ. Jane Mache, uh, I don't know if she's here this morning. Jane, Jane shared her testimony of healing. And let me just tell you real quick, uh, Jane uh, suffered for 30 years from narcolepsy and cataplexy, which meant for the majority of her adult life, she would just fall asleep without warning and also just fall on the ground and couldn't move. All she could do was hear. Uh, when she would come to church, it would happen here at church all the time, and she would be carried out after a service. Um, I had people come to me that didn't know who she was at times and say, there's someone on the women's bathroom floor that seems like they're dead, and that was Jane. And it was a, she suffered from that for, again, about 30 years, so it profoundly affected how she could mother, how she could function. She couldn't really travel. And then on our first Sunday that we met in person post COVID. So the very first time we came into this room again, um, we weren't talking about healing or anything like that. And she said her whole head and brain felt warm uh, during the service. And she didn't pass out all morning. She walked out of that service. And then the next week she came back just bursting with joy and said she had an entire week without passing out and that God had healed her. Now it's been three years and she got healed and she went on this trip with us. She could have never traveled to Mexico 
and served with us. And she shared that testimony at this church and the other church. And that's Rob there at the end. He got to oversee the prayer time. And it was just uh, incredible. Uh, Next slide. So that's me, and there's my brother on the right there. I'm always careful to point out he's my little brother, even though he's, uh, as you can see, towers over me. It's important for you to know I can still beat him up if necessary, and I can beat him in arm wrestling with both of my arms. I'm just saying. He's a great man of God, though. And this, here we are praying at that church at the altar. There's Randy. Uh, that's, that's Randy, Jane's husband, who I just mentioned. And there's Yadira, uh, one of our church members here praying. This is another church that uh, this organization planted. Let's go to the next slide. So one of the things we did and the primary ministry we did was actually here, uh, an hour outside of Tizumin in a town called Rio Lagartos. And it's just off the ocean. So just to your left here is the ocean. It's a fishing village and it's about 6,000 people and they've never had a Christian church there ever. And so the organization has started doing work there this year, sharing Christ. And one of our, half of our team ran VBSs right here uh, three or four of the days. And we saw over 75 of the kids put their faith in Jesus and over 25 of the, adult, the adults put their faith in Jesus. And they will now all be invited to the first service at the church that we also paid for and built, which there's some construction pictures here, and that's happening this week. So what church facilities there look like, especially in this area, are different. So it's the base here, and we put the roof on, we painted, we cemented all of this. You can't see it very well here, but this little water area in the back is... Um, by the way, there's alligators in there. So while we were working, or crocodiles, I can't remember. While we were working, um, I just want you to know that your pastor was risking his life painting this pole. <laughs> I was painting that pole back there, and I can't see the alligators. We saw two while we were there, but they're down there, and I was like, it's all for Jesus. If, I, this, is, if this is my time, it's my time. This is Jacob, and I think that's Stephen. We put this roof on. Um, we did all the cementing, and all of us on the construction team had to discipline ourselves not to try to keep up with the local Mexican workers because they were there too, and just running, I'll speak for myself, running circles around me, and my body is sore in places that I didn't know existed anymore in my life. But we got to, and this building, by the way, we raised additional to all of our team going, uh, some of you know, $8,500 uh, for this trip, which is what paid for this church facility. Isn't that awesome? So thank you for your generosity. Next pick. There's our team. After we finished cementing, you can now see the cement there, and it's all cut in, painted, and they're going to do some more painting up there. We also painted this. Uh, that we Obviously, we didn't do the outside yet, but the uh, little building next to it. Um, you can see here a gentleman, Bill Craver. He's a lifelong missionary in that area. He's been working in this area for about 30 years, uh, meaning Tizamine, and this is the first time they have ventured out here. And he said that this particular church project has been the hardest he's had in 30 years, just from various uh, hiccups they ran into, the spiritual warfare he experienced, and he's a real hero of the faith. And then the, the local pastors are, who are going to pastor this church, you can't really see him that well, but that's Jose right there, and I believe that's Dina, his wife. It's a little hard to tell in the picture. But they're an amazing young couple that we got to know. And this will be the church they pastor. And they're holding their first service this week. Isn't that amazing? And, and all the kids and adults from the, the VBS ministry, this will be their home church. We're also, there's some more houses like around here um, that our team is, uh, and their team is helping to beautify and build up. And, you know, when I say houses, uh, it's a very different um, 
context and quality of life in this area. You understand what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of trash everywhere. There's a lot of challenges. It's all open air and um, our dollars go a very long way there. And so I told this couple, um, Pastor Jose and Dina, that this is the beginning between them and our church of a, of a lifelong partnership. And you'll see, let's go to the next slide. They asked us to put this in there in the cement, Graceland Church 2023. And some of the construction team signed the hat. And yeah, it kind of looks like sand, but that's cement. Did I say sand? In the cement there. And it's not going to be called Graceland Church. I'm not sure what the name is going to be yet. But they say it's going to be, they're going to, it's going to be known in their church that it's a campus of Graceland Church, but in the Mayan Yucatan, the Mayan Yucatan campus. Are there any more pictures, Samuel? So if you follow the church online, like Oscar said earlier uh, on social media, we're going to put like hundreds of pictures up this week, um, tons of construction and kids and our team and some videos, and we'll put some out so you can check that out. And if you want to go next year, you can sign up today because we're going to head back there and we're going to keep working and we'll also probably go on a, another trip to another place next year as well, but we have a lot to celebrate. Isn't that awesome? So, so very grateful. It's awesome. Our team did great. Some of the team is here. Um, is Sherry here? I was going to give a shout out to Sherry. Um, she, she did a lot of administrative work uh, behind the scenes. She might be watching online, but a big shout out to Sherry. The trip would not be possible uh, without her organization. You know, in the context of celebrating, I actually want to share a message, and it's a little break from our uh, series through the Gospel of John, and it's titled, How to Celebrate Well. We don't think of this often, but God actually ordained the idea of celebration. He created this idea. It's all through Scripture. If you read through the Old Testament, the people of God are commanded to celebrate certain festivals in order to remember and to move forward in health. So celebration is something we must learn and practice and it has a purpose for us. And there's an opening principle here that's on your notes. Celebration is about remembering the answers to the most important questions in our lives. And sometimes if we're not celebrating well, we can start to forget the answers to the most important questions in our life. For instance, in this message, you'll hear me talk a few times about the importance of celebrating and remembering our Jesus anniversary, if you will, when we came to know Jesus. It might not be a day or a specific month. It might be a season of your life. But as you go through life, sometimes you can question, do I really trust God or why do I trust God? Well, learning to celebrate the time that you came to know Jesus reminds you that you do trust God. Or for instance, you may be thinking right now, why am I still married? Don't look at your spouse after I say that. But you might be thinking, why am I still married? Well, anniversaries give us the opportunity to celebrate well and remember why we married this crazy person that we're sitting next to and why we still uh, want to fight for this. Uh, celebration is critically important in a marriage. Even do I believe that life is a gift? Well, our birthday, which how many here have a birthday? I think it's pretty across the board. And so I can tell you without asking you that when you celebrate your birthday, you should celebrate the fact that God is the one who dreamed you up. You weren't born because your parents decided to have a kid. They were powerless to actually make that happen. This is the miracle of God. You come out of the very heart of the living God, exactly as he created you. And birthdays are not just a chance for cake and getting some presents, but it's a chance to celebrate well by remembering your divine design. And we're going to talk today about how important 
this celebration is. Three simple principles. The first one is this, visit your memorials. Visit your memorials. If you're a note taker, it's in your notes. We're gonna look at Joshua chapter four for this first principle. The context is this. The people of God, the people of Israel, uh, were carrying the Ark of of the Covenant and journeying. And the Ark of the Covenant was representative of the presence of God. And they faced um, a river called the Jordan that they could not get through. And they cried out to God about what to do about it. And God told them to just carry the Ark of the Covenant and walk right into the river. And a miracle happened again. This is after the parting of the Red Sea. And the waters of the Jordan dried up so that the people could pass through. And then we pick up these few verses in Joshua 4, verse 5, that help us understand the idea of visiting your memorials. So this is after this incredible miracle. It says, each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites. So that means there were gonna be 12 stones. And it was to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel. How long? Forever. So the idea here is from God that we are meant to set things up in our life that we can come back to and that we can point our kids to and all of our loved ones to that remind us what God has done. And we don't just need to remember these miracles that we read about in scripture. We need to remember the things that God has done in our lives. So this is why your Jesus anniversary is a big deal for you. And I encourage you, figure out what season of life it was or when you came to know the Lord. Some of you do have a day that you put your faith in Jesus. Some here might not be a Christian yet, and that's perfectly fine. Today, you have a chance to become a Christian. And we're talking about whatever that moment was, you need to remember it at least once a year, you should probably remember it hundreds of times of years because it helps you answer the most important questions of your life. One of the places I regularly visit in my imagination is my parents' living room in the house I grew up in, in Virginia Beach, Virginia, because in that living room when I was 17 years old, in the summer of 2000, before my senior year of high school, um, I had encounters with the living God that changed my life forever. And I just remember that living room. I met Jesus. I was a pastor's kid. I had been around church my entire life. I could quote scripture, but I was not walking with the Lord yet. And that summer, my life was transformed. And I just remember being on my knees alone in the house and crying out to God. And, and, and all of a sudden, songs start pouring out. God is speaking to me. The scripture is all of a sudden completely alive to me. And I try to every single year, right around this time, because it's summer, remember it. And it's visiting my memorials. I still have the first acoustic guitar that I bought right during that summer. And that acoustic guitar for me is a memorial because it's the first guitar that I played songs unto the Lord on and wrote songs unto the Lord on. And that's one of the stories for me. Wedding anniversaries. Some of you guys in here are married. Some will be married in the future. Either way, if you're not married, apply whatever it is for you that can be in this similar kind of space But man, wedding anniversaries, man, can can the married people just tell me, isn't marriage hard sometimes? It's not that easy. It actually takes a lot of work and and it takes a lot of effort to continue. It's been said the marriage is spelled W-O-R-K. It's hard, right? And anniversaries need to be times 
of remembering. Sometimes you got to remember why you love this person. You got to remember the early days. And, and, and I'm not saying all this because like Jess and I's marriage is falling apart. I just know how hard marriage is. And our marriage is hard too. But I counsel married couples all the time. And one of the things for me that I visit again in my imagination all the time, and I have some songs about this that I wrote that are memorials for us was, I remember on Jessica and I's early dates, she was like a revelation to me. And, and I would drive away from our dates this is, I know this is too much. I'm not looking for size here, but I would drive away crying and applauding God. I remember that. It's like applauding God for creating this woman that he made perfectly for me. I don't always feel like that 16 years in. Not always. Not when I'm frustrated about something. Not when maybe there's whole chapters of life that are hard and I'm just being honest. We have to come back and remember, visit your memorials right? Um, who's the author? Uh, Bob Goff. Bob Goff is this great author and speaker, and he says he keeps a, a, a picture of his wife, and they've been married, I don't know, 40 or 15 years, uh, when she was a little girl on his desk because it helps him remember uh, the little girl that is inside his wife, you know, and, and that, that young, playful, joyful, because they met when they were little kids, and that's a memorial for him. We visit memorials as a church. This church, Graceland Church, was started in 1999 by Pastor Ralph and Diane Duncan, and they were here in our first service. They're our pastors emeritus now. They're still part of the church family. And then almost five years ago, uh, my wife and I uh, came into town, and we had a blending of families. We called it a merger, and that'll be this September. Uh, it'll be five years because I was in 2018, and so we remember these things. It, it reminds us that God has done supernatural and faithful and merciful and gracious works in our life that are beyond us. His hand is upon our life. We also have painful things that we remember um, in, in, in ministry, in marriages, and in life. And I believe even the painful things. Jess and I, uh, she had two miscarriages between our, our first two kids when we were young church planners out in Los Angeles. And it was horrible. But even those in our minds now are reframed as understanding more of God, learning more of God's heart in pain, trying to figure out why certain things happen. And they are memorials of his faithfulness, even though they were painful seasons. So number one is to celebrate well, visit those memorials. Number two is to cherish the present. So we have to think back and remember, but then we have to cherish this moment. And I want to read to you a bit out of Colossians chapter 2 to just help us understand these truths that are for us right now. It says, for in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. So if you're in Christ today, that fullness that it's talking about is now. It's not future it's now. It says, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive. So that means you're alive now. He forgave all your sins, having canceled the charge of your legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, taking it away, nailing it to the cross. That means right now in Christ, all your sins and all your indebtedness and all your brokenness is already canceled and forgiven forever. So living in the now, we must live in the present love and provision of God for us. And in verse 15, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by 
the cross. I think part of living and cherishing in the now is remembering the actual truth and what it means for us and celebrating this, no matter what the circumstance in our life is, is such a critical piece of learning how to celebrate well. And this is true of all the different kinds of anniversaries and things we celebrate, just like we talked about when we were visiting our memorials. If you're on a wedding anniversary and you're in a season where you're remembering, and I, and I like sharing these sorts of messages. It's a, it's a high traffic in anniversary season right now. There's tons of anniversaries happening. So when you're sitting with that person, uh, yes, visit the memorials, but then learn to really be present. And let me tell you that the, the, the same truth that is true for you is true for your spouse, and it helps you forgive each other. It helps you move forward in grace. And however you need to interact with siblings or parents or friends or coworkers, when, when you realize in the now what God has given to you, he's been so merciful to you, it strengthens and empowers you to be merciful to others. That's the only way we can do it. And so living in the now of his love for us allows us to live in the now of love and mercy and forgiveness for others. It's so critical. That leads to number three. Well, actually, before I go to number three, I am going to share one story uh, when it comes to the now, God really used this to help me, and some of you may have heard it, but I'm going to share it again. I'm a big music fan. We're in Music City. Any big music fans out there, I know there's tons. I was the type back in iPod days, I would always search for my song in the morning before I would drive to work, and sometimes I would sit in my car for five minutes before I found my song. It would drive my wife crazy if we were ever together. Be like, I don't, I don't know what I want to listen to yet. I can't go. I got to find it. And then, and then I would find the song. And one day, living in Los Angeles, I found my song for the, for the morning, and I put it on, and I had wasted, you know, a few five, six, seven minutes there probably, and now I'm driving, and I'm, and I'm on, my, on my way to work, driving in Santa Monica. I come to a light, because there's a gazillion lights there, and at the very first light I got to, my mind immediately went to a different song I wanted to listen to. And without even thinking about it, I picked my iPod back up while I was at the light, and I put on the other song. I had only gotten about 30 seconds into the song I spent five minutes trying to decide on, right? And I felt like the Lord um, spoke to me, not audibly, you know, the, a sense of the Lord's presence. That he just brought this to my mind that I was living like that in life. I, I was basically spending so many years building up to certain chapters of life that I was excited about. In other words, trying to pick my song metaphorically. You know, I, was, I, I, I dreamed about being married, and now I was married. I had dreamed about having kids. I think I had two little girls at this point. I had dreamed about uh, planting a church. We were planting a church in Los Angeles. But, but now that I was in this beautiful song that I had dreamed of and worked for and God was blessing, all I was doing was thinking about the next song I wanted to get to. Like, how, okay, how does the church get to this next phase? What does it look like to, to get here? And so if you're always living out there and not really in this present song, you don't even enjoy the thing you dreamt of for 10 years. Anybody with me? And it's a tragic way to live. It's so easy to slip into. So it became kind of a mantra for me, enjoy this song. And now, you know, you guys know this, life just flies by. But those, those seasons with little kids or little grandkids or, or the season you have, if you're a young person with your siblings at home still and living with your parents, you might not love all that. But when you're an adult and you look back on your time, I see siblings looking at each other. When, when you look back on your time being in the same house with your siblings, you're going to see how special it was. And you're going to love that time. And that's just how life is. So learning to cherish the present helps us to live in this current reality. And then number three, aggressively stay on mission. I like to use the word aggressively there because 
it's really hard work to stay on mission. And I don't know if you believe this about yourself, but God has created you with a purpose. So you have a mission in life. And it's beyond just your personal dreams, you know? It's beyond the company you wanna start. It's beyond the amount of money you, you wanna make. God has a purpose, and he may in fact use all those things, but he has purpose for you that is beyond that. He has purpose for your family, purpose for your relationship with your loved ones. He has purpose for this church. And one of the great things to do on an anniversary, on any kind of celebration, is to, yes, visit the memorials, yes, be very present, but also use it as an opportunity to remember there's a point to all of this and you gotta stay focused on the point or else life starts to get boring, it can feel meaningless, you can kind of drift away off into nothingness. And when it comes to your Jesus anniversary and thinking back on that time of life, it reminds you that you have a call on your life. The call of God is not just for me as a pastor. Scripture says that we are a kingdom of priests. That's what the New Testament teaches. So all of us have an equal call before God in the kingdom. Every single one of us. No matter what kind of work we do, no matter what space we're in, his call and his assignment is upon your life. And something about remembering and being focused on the present and celebrating well reminds you that you're a part of what God's doing in the world. And you can't be passive about using your gifts. You, you have to use them. You have to stir them up. And I would just challenge you, are you taking bold steps of faith? Are you really working as under the Lord? Are you aware of your, your neighbor and loving them? And that's your physical neighbor. Some of my neighbors are here this morning, physical neighbors. But also your, your, your anyone in the world is your neighbor, is really the way that Jesus teaches it. And then when it comes to anniversaries or special seasons as a family, maybe even big moves, it reminds you, you should have a vision for your family. I'm always trying to remind uh, husbands and dads, you need more vision for your family than you need for your work, right? You, we have to get that in order. The, the primary vision is for Jesus, knowing and serving him. After that is for our family. And then third is for our work and, and the assignment and what we're doing. And sometimes we, we just put work and the assignment whoop, way up on top, and that's all we ever think and talk about, but, but let anniversaries and, and remembering these significant seasons remind you that God has a purpose for your family. And then of course it's true in our church. We are a church that is on mission. And it's a fun Sunday to talk about this because we got to celebrate what happened on this missions trip. Resources are not meant to just come in here and be used for us. They're meant to flow through us and to bless the world around us. And we as a church are not gathering here as a holy huddle where we're thinking, I'm so glad I'm in the club. Let's just forget about everybody else in the world and let's just sing la-di-da until we either die or Jesus comes back. That's not what we're doing. We have a purpose to this and it's to love and reach the people in the world, period. Right? If we stop doing that, all of this starts to get distorted. Right? We miss the mission. We, we start complaining about colors. We start getting frustrated with each other. We're not, we're not a country club here where, where once you become a member and are paying dues, you can just complain more. That's, that's not the idea. And of course, we're open to constructive criticism, but I always tell people, hey, you better join a team and start getting some skin in the game. Then you can bring constructive criticism. Like, join the mission, and then you can help us out. You know, if you got an idea that's better, let's run with that idea. But the point being, we do sometimes think of church like a club and maybe even a country club. I'm so glad I'm in, and I'm not a part of all the crazy out there. You know what I'm talking about? And I just think it's a wrong mentality. Of course, we're glad that we're in the family of God, but we have an urgent mission. 
And we want this place to be full of those that don't know Jesus yet or, or think that we, we want this place to be full of people that think that if they ever walk in a church, lightning is going to strike them, right? We want to be reaching people in our communities that feel like it's, it's far too late for them to ever have a purpose and a plan before God. There is a mission to what we're doing here. We, we live in a wealthy area that is in the Bible Belt, so there's a lot of Jesus talk, but there is just as much brokenness internally in our city as there is anywhere in the world, because all the things that we have don't solve it. It makes it even harder sometimes. You can name a church, you can be wealthy, and you can even, you can even serve on a team and not know Jesus yet. It's super possible. It doesn't mean you are living in the life of Jesus that he has called you to. So, so we just have to remind ourselves on anniversaries when we're celebrating to stay on mission because we always tend in our human nature, if the mission is to go this way, we tend to just go you know, a little tiny bit this way, a little tiny more, and sometimes we can get way over here and that's where we start really struggling. Temptation increases over here boredom increases, wondering about all the questions, who, who is God really? We, we, we start, stop, we stop engaging and we become kind of like vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. I was recently studying the life of David because this Thursday we have that brotherhood meetup and Oscar mentioned, I said in first service, so I'll say it again, um, if you're a real man, you'll be there. I'm just saying. This Thursday night, 6.30 p.m., right out here at our fire pit. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to, like, take attendance. But it's going to be great, and I'm going to share a little devotional on having hearts after God as men. So I was looking at the life of David. David was a very flawed man. He made a lot of mistakes, but it was said of him that he had a heart after God. And one of the biggest mistakes he made was uh, an affair that he had with a woman named Bathsheba. Then she got pregnant, and so then David lied to kill her husband. It's a horrible story. God forgave them, but there were awful consequences to it, right? It really messed a lot of things up. And there's something that we miss in that story sometimes. Before he even saw Bathsheba, it says that it was the time of the year when kings would generally go to war, yet David stayed home. And so there is this sense in that story that David disengaged himself from the mission and just was like taking a little chill. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying resting is wrong, but there's this sense that he disengaged from where he was meant to be in the moment. And then he saw Bathsheba bathing on the roof, right? And I'm telling you, even just, even just last week uh, on Sunday mornings, I always get reports on my phone on my uh, time usage per day. Anybody else get those notifications on Sunday morning? I'm always like sitting in service and I'm convicted. I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, forgive me. That's too much time. But I got my report this morning and I got my report this morning during first service and it was significantly less uh, than it normally is because I was on this missions trip. And so it convicted me because I was so, I was like moving rocks more and I was doing things and I didn't have access. I was just trying to, I had my phone, I was so sweaty that I had my phone doubled up in Ziploc bags in my pocket because I was drenched. I would have broken my phone with water because of my own sweat. So I wasn't really using it that much because I was engaged in the mission. Right, so I just wanna encourage you, part of aggressively staying on mission also protects you. You don't get bored and start wandering and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. It's funny, David saw Bathsheba bathing on a roof. In our culture, you can see Bathsheba bathing on a roof 10,000 times a day with this. You gotta really fight that stuff, uh, men, and it's women too, you know? And part of it is to stay engaged in the mission. So as the worship team comes forward, I'm gonna close with one thought. 
I hope, um, I hope you'll get a sense of vision for celebrating perhaps more than you ever have. Uh, yes, do the parties, do the events, do the things, but do this internal work too. Visit the memorials. Ask yourself, am I cherishing the present? Remind yourself what God has done and ask yourself, am I still aggressively um, staying committed to the mission God has called me to? The closing principle is this, and it's not in your notes, but celebrating well creates perseverance in our lives. When we celebrate well, it can become kind of like a propellant into the next phase. It, It helps us to keep going. It helps us gain a vision for not quitting. And there's this excerpt that I came across years ago about breakthrough perseverance. Now, this is in the context of actual war. And I'm always careful to, care, I'm always careful to clarify when we're talking about fighting and war, uh, that as Christians, we don't fight against people. Um, the Bible teaches us that our fight is against spiritual forces and powers, right? So I'm not advocating uh, that we're in this physical war, but I, I am advocating this, that there's a spiritual war and there's an enemy that wants to destroy you clearly in scripture, wants to take you out, wants to take your family out, wants to take our church out. And there's something about um, the strategy of breakthrough perseverance that I want to read to you in closing. And then we're just going to sing and respond to the Lord. A breakthrough is a military concept. When one army is able to weaken its enemy's forces to the point of collapse, a breakthrough occurs, allowing that army to invade and take its enemy's territory. But in a war, a breakthrough only really matters if it occurs at a strategic location. And the evidence that a location is strategic is almost always revealed by the amount of enemy forces amassed to protect it. An enemy led by skilled generals plans to ferociously protect what it prizes highly. This means that an invading army can expect its attempt to achieve a breakthrough to be met by a barrier of fierce enemy opposition. And listen to this sentence. Increasingly intense fighting always precedes strategic breakthroughs. Strategic ground is not yielded easily. And I'm telling you, your life is strategic ground. You may not believe that about yourself, but it's true because of the God who created you. So there's a fight for your life. Your family, your loved ones is strategic ground. This church, the church at large in our area is strategic ground. And sometimes when there is an increased sense of fighting or warfare, again, I'm talking spiritually, we get discouraged, but we need, we need to be reminded that that always precedes strategic breakthroughs. Even what, what's going on in our culture right now where, where truth is kind of being rewritten and, and people are claiming whatever they want to be true and, and, and holding to it and declaring it and celebrating it. And it's a confused culture. Our response is, yes, of course, stand for truth, but our response is also compassion in the midst of it because when, 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 when intense fighting increases, I believe we don't need to be just discouraged about that. We should be encouraged because it precedes strategic breakthrough. And I believe in our nation what it's going to precede is a spiritual awakening. We don't just need more of like what we've done in the Western church. We've got buildings, we've got church congregations. Uh, It hasn't necessarily advanced the mission in the way that we really need to see. Sometimes when culture goes off the the charts, like what it's doing right now, um, there becomes a, a remnant of followers of Jesus and a true spiritual awakening that ends up touching the whole world. And that's what I'm praying for. 
It's a thing that only God can do. It's people born of the spirit. And I believe it's true of your life too. So increasingly intense battle always precedes strategic breakthroughs. The ground of your life will not be yielded easily. You Don't be discouraged by this, but you're up against more than you know. But he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So celebrating well, remembering, being present, staying on mission will help us build perseverance so that we do not lose heart. And I wanna encourage you, don't lose heart. Grow more determined because I believe there's breakthrough ahead in your life. Increased breakthrough. I believe there's breakthrough ahead in our nation. It might not mean our nation is gonna be a Christian nation, but the church might be 10 times more alive or 100 times more alive than it's ever been. You tracking with me? Usually when, when real persecution breaks out in a country, it's when revival breaks out in a country. It might be underground, You know, people might not even know about it. That's what's been going on in China for years. It's illegal to be a Christian. And we support missionaries over there and we, we, we partner with people there. And there's been revival for years in the underground churches. So don't lose heart because of what's happening. God is God. Even when our greatest systems break down, God is faithful and God is working things that we don't understand. And I want you to be encouraged in your life today because you may not understand it. You might feel like you're breaking down. You might feel like your marriage is on the rocks. Relationships are struggling. Work is not panning out. You might be very discouraged. You might be fighting really hard and wondering why am I having to fight so hard? It's because you're strategic ground and there will be breakthrough. Just remain, right? We live by faith, not by sight. So so don't, don't be discouraged by just what you see. Live by faith and celebrate well because God is faithful. So let's stand together. We're gonna sing this song and we're just gonna bring our hearts before the Lord in prayer. It's the same song we we did during the offertory about the God of the breakthrough. So Lord, we bring our lives before you. And God, you know every story represented here. You know every person intimately because they were your idea. You created them. They belong to you. And if there's anyone here that just wants to put their faith in you, I pray they'll do it right now as I pray. That they'll just say, God, I wanna know you. God, Jesus, forgive me. I want to follow you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have life. Thank you for bearing upon yourself all of my guilt and shame and brokenness. And church, you might just need again to let it go. You know, you might need to visit the memorial of your salvation today. What a great salvation we've been invited into. You might need to visit the memorial of your marriage today and being reinvigorated with vision and passion. You might need to revisit the memorial of how God has called you to be a part of this church and be reinvigorated with passion to to, to serve and to follow and to be a part of a family. And God, help us to be present right now, right here with what you're doing. And God, help us to stay on mission. And we pray for perseverance. And we pray that, that we will not quit right on the edge of breakthrough and change and transformation. Uh, we are hungry for you to keep doing what only you can do. In Jesus' name. Let's sing this, church. Church, if you could close your eyes with me. Just take one more minute here. I'm not looking around either, but I love to do like some sort of physical response. If you're just with me and I'm totally in this category of wanting to say, man, I want to visit my memorials better. I want to remember the faithfulness of God more. I want to live by faith more. I want to remember the good things he's done and given. And I want to be more present and cherishing of the right now. And I need to stay on mission. God, if you're saying, God, I, I... Remind me of my purpose. Remind me of your plan for me. And if you're saying, I want to persevere and I need that breakthrough of the Lord. And maybe you're just saying, I need to respond to the gospel of Jesus for the first time ever. 
Um, let's just lift our hands together. If you're, you can always just lift up your heart if you feel real nervous about that, but we love lifting our hands. It's an act of worship and praise. It's an act of surrender. And I just wanna pray over you. Lord, bless every person I pray today that's responding before you. And everyone else, God, just meet them right where they are, Lord. And, and I pray that every person today would be rejuvenated by remembering your faithfulness. It would just be overwhelming to them. It'll, it'll seem so silly that they ever wrestled with trusting you, that they ever forgot how faithful you've been. I, I pray they would be so reminded of how much you've done in their life, the things that they're aware of and the things that they're not aware of, that it would just be nonsensical to turn to the right or the left and not keep running wholeheartedly after you. And Lord, I pray that you'll remind them so much of the gift of the present, that they would just, whatever season they're in, stop looking at others, stop comparing, stop thinking the grass is greener, stop living with maybe envy or jealousy or, or, or self-pity, and they would be filled with the knowledge that they are your beloved right here and right now and they have everything they need in you God I pray they will turn to you and they have the fullness of the kingdom and the fullness of Jesus it teaches us in your word right now God I pray they would overflow from their lives and then God forgive us for so often veering off mission and and thinking our lives are just about us and kind of taking care of ourselves and and it, it's what leads to so many problems. So God, would you help us fix our gaze on those you've called us to love and serve? Fix our gaze on those that you've called us to lay down our lives for. Remind us that, that yes, you love us, but you also love our neighbor. And that includes the person that is annoying us at work. That includes the person at school that, that maybe is picking on us. That includes the, the person that, that we would rather just not think about ever again. You, you've actually caused us, called us to, to demonstrate kindness and compassion. That includes uh, the world around us that's going in all sorts of troubled directions. We stand for truth, but we also live on mission and we love these people. I'm reminded like the missionaries taught us down in Mexico this year. Uh, yes, there's border problems. And yes, we have to think through what our borders are going to look like. But God, forgive us for sometimes dehumanizing people because you love every person trying to get over the border. Doesn't matter if they're illegal or legal. You have not caused us to primarily try to keep people out. You've called us to primarily see them as image bearers of the living God. So God, may we be reminded of our primary allegiance, and that is the kingdom of God. So Lord, we pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray your blessing on every person here that they would persevere. And I pray for tremendous breakthroughs in their life. We pray for breakthrough in our church family. We pray for breakthrough in our nation. We pray for spiritual awakening, God, in our schools, God, in our government. We pray for the leaders of our land, God, for breakthrough in their hearts and minds and in their decision-making, Lord, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Let's just sing this chorus one more time. You're the God of the breakthrough. You're the God of the breakthrough. When I'm breaking down, you'll be working away through. When there's no way out, this one thing I know, you're still on your throne. So whatever I'm feeling, still got a reason. 
pray this benediction over you, then we'll be dismissed. Our eyes look back with thanksgiving. Our eyes look forward in hope. Therefore, with thanksgiving for the past and hope for the future, let us dedicate ourselves and our lives to the mission which God gives us as the church of Jesus Christ in this place and in this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you guys very much. Have a great day.